hey, Matt, what's going on? Not too much, man. How you doing? Ah, uh, doing all right. Good. Just uh, here in the studio. I need, I need to come up with a good studio name. That would be neat to have a name for the studio instead of just calling the studio. You know, the studio. You what? can make it sound like really official too, like you know how like people just give the address. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm here at you know such and such. We're we're down here at seven o two, the Bear Cave Studio. Which I'm, I'm going to lose the Bear Cave soon, so I could yeah. use it for now while I do these. And then nobody knows that the Bear Cave studio is in your basement. Well, I mean, well, now you they do. Tell them. You don't have to hide it, I guess. But. Yeah, no, I'm not ashamed of it. It's a really cool, yeah. it's a cool Bear Cave. It could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to like hit to the homosexual community, me calling bear it the cave? Bear Cave. Because I'm kind of a... I, I don't know. Do you think that... I know there is a bear, but do you think there's a bear cave in that? Like, well, uh, if they hear the bear cave, they might assume... So that, you're saying they would naturally just go down that progression? Yeah, like see me and be like, oh, well, two and two together, looking at this yeah. guy. Dude's got a bear cave. Yeah. Like, wink, mean, wink. Third anniversary. Yeah, probably, sure, sure that... tons of pickup lines that have to do with your bear cave. Three years of marriage. That must be going well. <laughs> you want to see if you've ever survived the bear cave. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you said you had some Uber stories. Were you? Uh... Well, you know, yeah, I've been uh, I've been Ubering a little bit lately, and sometimes you'll Uber, and you know, it's just. Uh... Kind of interesting. Other times, you know, you got a lot of material. I don't know. This is what I'd say is probably in the middle. I, I didn't have anything. Uh, you know, everyone was closed when they got in, for oh, instance. So, that's I mean, good. like, you got your different levels of interesting. Yeah. Well, I remember but, uh, I remember the one story that our listeners don't know about um, of where the guy left his phone in your car. Yeah. And then he was yes. very generous to you much later. He was very generous. Overly, um, some would say. I mean, do you want to sh- do you want to share? We we don't have to share that right now. Oh, I mean, we, can, oh, we okay. I mean, if you're I mean, comfortable with sharing it, we can. But I mean, yeah, because it's it's uh it's not my not my you know practice or whatever. Well, right. I mean, just to go into it, like, yeah, you know, kill the suspense. But like, I picked this guy up and he was heading to the airport, which is very common. Yeah. And uh, you know, we just we struck up a conversation uh, just to kind of give you like a little bit of a. A little more background of what this gentleman, um, you know, his appearance and all. Like, uh, you know, he was a, you know, well-dressed African-American man, had, uh, had dreadlocks, um, had a little bit of an accent. Turns out he was from Jamaica. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so we, we started talking. Turns out uh, this guy was like a real estate, um, I don't know, mogul? I don't know if you can call him that. But anyway, he owned a, like a property all over the country. And that's all he did is he just he flew around the country and he checked on his properties and he collected checks from all his properties and that's all he did. Wow. Uh, before that, he was working on Wall Street and I mean this guy did not look like he was from Wall Street. Right. But um, well anyway, so uh, he starts he starts vaping like in the back of my car and then like after he's already vaped like two or three times he's like hey you care if I vape back here <laughs> and I was like no man I mean by this time we kind of struck up a little bit of a you know, bond, a yeah. friendship, you know, some might say some swift trust. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, yeah, man, just do your thing. Well, uh, so it turns out like what he was smoking was not, you know, any kind of like a nicotine, but it was like a THC based vape. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, he was, you know, had some, you know, uh, liquid weed. Yeah. Some might say, 
And uh, so, you know, we started talking about that a little bit, and like, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and I was like, well, okay, well, have a good, safe flight. Well, he gets out of the car, takes his stuff, you know, we were like, hey, great talk. So I go, and I'm Ubering you know, other people, just, just random other people going out about, uh, you know, on about their things, and, and somebody's phone starts ringing in the back, and the passenger's like, hey, uh, there's, a fl- there's a phone down here in the floor, and... Uh, yeah, you know, it's not mine. And yeah. I was just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, turns out, dude left his phone in my car, and he was calling it frantically because, you know, he was at the airport. He's going to fly out. Yeah. Pro- um, probably like, probably going yeah. back to Jamaica. Yeah, I mean, it actually wasn't in this guy. Like, he somehow had gotten a hold of his friend, his friend was calling. But anyway, he's like, I need you to get this phone to me in 20 minutes. And I'm like, you know, probably could half an hour, 35 minutes away from the airport. Oh. So... You know, I do some Dukes of Hazard stuff to get to the airport. <laughs> and the dude, like, he's out there waiting for me. I jump out of the car, very dramatic. You know, hand to the phone. Roll he's across like, the hood of the car. Yeah, so I, I mean, I rolled. I rolled the car a couple times. <laughs> landed perfectly by the, by the sidewalk. Like a glove. Yeah, and then so I get out. I hand the dude the phone. Like, dude gives me a hug. And he's like, here, man, take this. I was like, what? Uh, okay. And so I get back in the car, and it turns out, like, you know, he gave me, like, um, like a vial of this THC um, weed stuff. Nice. Which, so he's from California, which so it was legal. Um, so, like, in his eyes, he was just giving me a, a gift. It was legal um, there. Yeah, it was legal for him to have it, I guess. <laughs> actually, I don't know if he was actually allowed to have it in Kentucky. Well, but, as um, long as you're not selling it is the bigger yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess so. He didn't sell it. No, yeah, he didn't. He didn't sell it. First yeah, thing so anyway, and I didn't really have any use for it, so I just I gave it to somebody else that uses Protects. um that will not be mentioned. Yes. But anyway, uh, but yeah, it turns out the market value for that thing, um, you know, was hundreds of dollars. Wow. So I mean, it was a very generous gift. And that that's what I would call an interesting Uber experience. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just it's just one of them. You know, you meet a lot of interesting people. I met a picked up a guy yesterday from the airport. And uh, he sold uh, steel. Huh. He sold and, steel, uh, like in, in bulk, while, or just like pieces, what? like, hey, here's a piece of steel? No, he sells it in, uh, in bulk. Okay. So, like, during our time together, um, he talked to a guy from Greece, he talked to a guy from Germany, like on the phone, I mean. Yeah. And uh, I was taking him to the, uh, the dock, which I didn't know that we had a dock, you know, in Cincinnati, but oh, we do. Well, I mean, around and, the river uh, there, there's quite a few. For, Look at all the barges, like where all the barges, uh, you know, load up the steel and stuff. Yeah. So he was, uh, he was just going to go check on the progress of the dock, but he planned it to where, like, basically he was just going to check up on them for like half an hour and then go to the res game. Hmm. Well, that works out. Yeah. So you know. You know, like, oh, hey, well, I've, you know, I've got these box seats that I use from time to time, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when the Reds are playing somebody I like, I guess I'll stop by and watch a game. <laughs> well, he just—I think he just wanted to. He wanted. I think he was trying to check up all. He was trying to check up off all the uh, major league baseball teams in America, oh. like the parks. Wow. And then he was justifying his trip through business. <laughs> <laughs> when you make that kind of money, it's just like, oh, yeah, what I can mean, I? Like you know, I'm sure that. What know, kind of interesting thing can I do? Serial killer? No, that's too messy. <laughs> well, you know he. Uh, he said that because he, he deals with the people who work with barges, 
that he like crossed off all the stadiums that are located near rivers. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. But that, that he hasn't figured out how to get to the other stadiums yet. <laughs> Sounds like he's just going to have to like bite the bullet and actually do it as opposed yeah, to I mean, having. I'd imagine he's able to. Right. You know, I saw I learned a little bit about the steel industry, which is probably more than I needed to know. But well, it was interesting. Well, I mean, you you are a jack of many trades. And uh, yes. actually have a master in a few. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, so it was interesting to hear a little bit what he was saying. Like, for example, um, he deal. the reason he was talking to different people from all these different countries is that apparently America buys their steel from different countries based on like the exchange rate and like how like the strength of currency and stuff like that. Right. And so he's saying he's always having to figure out who to, you know, oh, we got to talk to the Vietnamese. Oh, we got to talk to the Germans. Oh, we got to talk to the Italians. So, um, anyway, you know, hmm. learned a, bit, a little bit about that. Keeping a leg up on the on the steel industry there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's something, <laughs> I mean, unless, unless you're, like, brought into that industry, it seems like it would be really hard to have a passion for that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, there, there are still, like, uh, you know, you're very familiar with coal towns. Right. Um, there are still, still, steel <laughs> towns <laughs> out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, so, you know, I would imagine there's still kind of, like, a, a generation or, like, a culture where, you know, they, they speak steel. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that that's probably dying off or whatever. But, I mean, he... He'd been in this position for, he said, like over 30 years. Mm-hmm. So oh. I'd say that he probably knew a little bit about, uh, you know, the industry, yeah. so to speak. Well, and like I said, I said passion. But honestly, there's there's probably a very small percentage that actually have jobs in their passion. <laughs> well, yeah. If they're, if they're in that business nowadays, I'd imagine they probably have to deal with someone, you know. Yeah, out of the country. So because that's more of a luxury to to do something that's right. a passion yes. than than to make money. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I picked up another uh, couple. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure. And this is um, I don't know if you describe it as being racist, but or like maybe just like making a stereotypical um, assumption. But I'm pretty sure they were like yeah, the movie star like either a movie star or like some kind of famous personality on Univision. On Univision? What yes. made what made you think of Univision? Oh, uh, well, because uh, they were Spanish-speaking. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, um, but like the only reason, and this is like, I'm going to show you how weak my evidence is, but like, uh, you know, they were a Spanish-speaking couple, um, both very um, physically attractive. Mm. Um, kind of dressed as if they were getting ready to do like some kind of like an audition or something. Right. Um, so, you know. Well, that's cool. That's, that's all I'm basing it on. <laughs> well, it's funny. That, that reminds me of my wife and how every time she met a large, uh, large muscular guy here in the area, she's like, oh, he's a, he's a Cincinnati Bengals player. Yeah, he plays for the Bengals. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what, what made you think that? Oh, well, he was huge. And, uh, that, that's about it. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, you totally met. Because she would come at it as though, oh, I met a Bengals player today. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what was his name? She's like, oh, I don't I don't know who he was, but he had to have been because he was huge. And I'm like, that's, you keep telling people you met them, 
and then you you don't actually know who it could have been. You're and just... that's uh, that's kind of like I can meet Bengals players by that coach area every day at the gym. Right, because there's like, big guys that are muscular. Yeah, there's... Or so... big people, you know, because there could be, <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. want to get into that whole. Well, I guess one thing that kind of strengthens my, uh, my case mm. is that um, I did drop them off um, at like a place where they could be doing recording. No, like a television studio kind of thing. Yes. So, um, I mean, I guess that's something. Yeah. But, that that um, has more basis than they were big, you know. That's... Well, and I mean, like they're like yeah, these people were they spoke Spanish and they're attractive and it's like they could have possibly been wealthy. Yeah. Um, well, that's we cool. didn't talk. We didn't talk much. <laughs> you should work on your languages. Yeah. Well, even neat. Um. And, you know, I'm a very happily married man, but I will say that the lady was very attractive. Well, that's good. Thanks yes. for thanks for uh, putting that point across, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the story, like, how do you be respectful in this Me Too culture, mm-hmm. but at the same time say, hey, that the woman was very attractive. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's, that's fun. That's some interesting yeah. stuff. I heard uh, on a news article that uh, Uber has been um, has been cracking down on drivers because they've been faking uh, vomit. Uh, I don't know uh, vomit yeah, tickets. I, can I guess see that because um, I can see that. Uh, well, because you know, if somebody poops in your car, you automatically get um, you automatically charge the person a hundred dollars. Yeah, to have your car cleaned. Yes, but so, see, people have I been mean, doing there's this. Like a strategy that some people have used. Yeah, is they'll just they'll get someone who's insanely drunk and probably won't remember it anyway, which I've had plenty of. <laughs> uh, and uh, they'll just say, "Oh yeah, you pooped in my car. You can't remember it." Yeah, that that's what that's what this article is saying that they're trying to crack down on it because most people wouldn't even realize that they're charged for it. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like a common practice to be like, "Oh, somebody puked in here again. Give me a hundred dollars." Oops, somebody yeah. puked in here again. <laughs> Because and because people who frequent Uber, uh, you know, around two a.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as passengers, because they they kind of they know that they're charged for um, puking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very common for passengers to try to disguise the fact. Yeah. That they're puking. If you can do that. Yeah. I sometimes mean, it really you can. Goes into a different conversation. You you think you do when you're drunk, so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I was super sneaky though. No one saw me. Um, <laughs> well, Matt, this was fun. Uh, I appreciate your stories of Uber driving, and uh, mm-hmm. can't wait till we do something like this again sometime in the studio yeah. of the Bear Cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk to you later.